gentlemen, welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. Ladies, welcome to you too. Thank you for being here. I am Bev Bukulski, the host of Muscle Intelligence. If you don't know who I am, I was a professional bodybuilder for a long time. Started off with what I would say is negative muscle at uh, about 16, 15, 16 years old. Uh, I was about 155 pounds, certainly not very lean. Same height, 5'10", 5'11", maybe. And uh, I remember celebrating curling the 12-pound dumbbells. I remember watching my friends who weighed less than me, you know, 145-pound guys, curling 20 and 22-pound dumbbells. And I was celebrating curling the 12-pound dumbbells. When I finally graduated to the 17s, I felt like I was just a hero. And that just gives you an idea how where I started. Uh, genetics certainly plays some role in my success, but not a huge role. And I think that allowed me to be successful was being persistent and really questioning everything I thought I knew about exercise, questioning everything that everyone else did, trying everything everyone else did, having an obsessive persistence to building as much muscle as I possibly could. I took myself to 325 pounds. I was very lean. I was measured at 6%, 324. I don't tell you this for any other reason than I've explored this muscle building game inside and out. I've taken pretty much every course that I can handle, read most books that I could get my hands on, and obviously pushed my body to the limit, pushed my body well beyond what most humans will ever understand. And there's a small number of guiding principles that will hold true at any age. There's a certain number of guiding principles that fall short as we start to age. And that's the point of today's podcast, start diving into the things you should be doing uh, as a man over 40 to ultimately optimize your body, optimize the way you look, the way you feel, and ultimately the way you perform. And that's the lens through which muscle intelligence is formed. It's not just going to be about, hey, I want to build huge pecs. I don't think guys after 40 are like, hey, man, I want to look like a bodybuilder. At least not so, not very often. Sometimes it happens, sure. You know, we just want to look awesome with our shirt off. We want to feel confident. Uh, ultimately, we want to feel really great, right? I want to be able to perform well. So for me, you guys know it always comes back to my children. They're two just incredible children, 10 and 11 years old. Both of them are exceptional athletes, uh, love to run, love to play, love to train. And I want to be able to keep up, not just at 42, but at 52, 62 and beyond. Also parent with my grandkids one day. And so there's a small number of basic guiding principles I want to share with you today that will make a big difference in your life. And, and I get to travel the world, teach coaches, teach um, performance coaches how to ultimately build bodies, how to lose body fat, how to get people at the highest level of performance. And there's just certainly this bridge, and, and people don't always think about it like that. There's this bridge between performance and longevity. I don't think those things need to be uh, separate. I think, you know, oftentimes high-level performance, obviously being a professional bodybuilder, being an Olympic athlete, probably in some way takes away from longevity. But at the level that most people are training, training is longevity, right? Training ultimately is the ability to perform. If you think about what's most highly correlated with vitality, after the age of 60, I'm going to say with a thousand degrees of confidence that it's physical capability, right? If I have a high degree of physical capability, the likelihood of me having a high quality of life after 50, 60, 70 beyond uh, is significant. And obviously there's internal health issues that could arise that could take us out. But at the end of the day, um, the more physically capable you are, the more uh, energized you're going to be, the more enjoyment you're going to get out of life. Anyways, I need to sell you on it. So watching men train sometimes can be painful, um, not for them, but for me. <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to say this to offend anybody, but gentlemen, regardless of 
how seriously you take your training. It doesn't matter if it's your highest level priority right now in this season of your life. It must be a high level priority at some point in your life. And if you're not already building a strong foundation of physical capability, the older you get, as every month passes, as every year passes, it's going to get harder. It's going to get worse. And, and I'm seeing this at 42 years old. It's certainly not even the same as I was at 35. My ability to train, I, circumstantially different also, but certainly physical capability has changed in the last seven years a lot. And uh, again, I could I could make excuses or, or give reasons as to why contextually uh, it's different. Uh, I know I can get it back. It just hasn't been my top priority for the last two years, building a business, spending a lot of time on the road. Uh, away from my my home, my family, and so I get it, guys. You know, I run a multiple seven figure business. I have children. I have uh, commitments. I train my body every day, uh, and I get how it can be to want to take the easy path, right? And I'll give you context on how I eat as well for entrepreneurs out there, CEOs. The lens to which I pass nutrition again. This is not the topic of today's conversation. But the lens to which I pass nutrition is ease of use. <laughs> simplicity and time, but it still has to be effective. And that's a topic for another podcast. But for today, I really want to get into kind of these these pillars of training that one minute after 40 are getting wrong, and two, what you can be doing to make it right. So if I just peruse the Rolodex of glaring errors that men are making after 40, it's it starts with mindlessness. Is is I think everything in life, the level of, of mindlessness, or maybe conversely, the level of presence, will determine your level of effectiveness, I believe. Bodybuilding itself has gifted me something that I would have never imagined. I didn't even know it was possible. Well beyond my physical capability and the way I look, bodybuilding has gifted me the gift of presence. The ability to be present in this moment, the ability to be present it starting in your body, right? And so presence in this moment for me is becoming proprioceptively or interoceptively aware, which is just a feeling of the sensation of my body inside my body or outside of my body and what's going on in this moment. And I would have never had the depth of presence, the depth of, of connection to myself if it wasn't for really, really grueling workouts, starting to see where my body wants to cheat and ultimately getting injured. That's what was really the driving force behind me being really, really effective at performing exercise. And so when I say really effective, what does that really mean, right? So it is 20 pounds on a bicep curl, always 20 pounds on a bicep curl? And the answer is no. And when you do a bicep curl and I do a bicep curl, whether or not we're using the same amount of weight, it's a completely different exercise, completely different stimulus for me than it is for you. And not because I'm better, but just because I'm simply different. And the way that I do it is different than you. And, and the pace and the tempo that I use is different than you. And learning to move yourself in the direction of 100% efficacy for every single inch of every single repetition is by far the greatest opportunity. And here's why everyone sucks at it because it's hard. It's extremely physically challenging and it's even more mentally challenging. So as a man, my objective is growth, not just physical, but mental. 
And every time I unconsciously, mindlessly avoid the challenge, I'm missing the opportunity for growth. And this is the biggest epidemic that I see in the gym, is guys are simply mindless. And they're mindlessly sw swinging weights like a monkey, and they think they're going to get results. Guys, I don't say this to offend you, but simply to bring your awareness to this opportunity that exists. And so what I want to encourage you to do is become present, become aware, and become intentional about what you're going to do. So the two foundations of change, first I have to become aware, second I have to set an intention. And the next step is, well, I got to take action, disciplined, potentially obsessive action if I actually want to see progress. You're not going to see progress by accident. You want to look differently than the way you've always looked. You've got to change your standard. You've got to change the, the level of action you're taking without a shadow of a doubt. And so while I could come on this podcast and start giving you sets and reps and tempos, and I could, and I, I will, the biggest opportunity that I see, not only to develop your body, to develop yourself, your character, is hey, your confidence, is ultimately becoming present in what you're doing. And, and if you're honest with yourself, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have no idea what you're doing in the gym. You're following some program. You're probably not intentional about what's happening in your body. And the depth of presence is variable, isn't it? Like, it's just like depth of meditation is different. Depth of presence in a workout is different. And for those of you that maybe aren't following what I'm talking about, if I'm sitting here in a chair, I can become aware of my hands against the desk. And that's one level of depth of attention and presence in the moment. I can become aware of the sounds in the room. I can become aware of my butt against the chair, my feet against the floor, the temperature of my body in the room, the vibration of my body, the energy in my body, the tension in my body, the absence of tension in my body, my mind being wandering all around the room. I could become aware of all of these things or none of them. And I would say that most people that I witness or observe or train are aware of a small number, if any, of these variables. And that's what I mean by depth. And so the more you can become aware of the variables that are implicated in affecting your effectiveness in the gym, the more effective you can be. So the goal in the gym, gentlemen, is not to complete repetitions. The goal in the gym is to challenge your body, to challenge your mind, to challenge your muscles. And so the opportunity that exists within that is to say, all right, what am I challenging? And how do I make it as hard as I possibly can? not certainly as easy as I possibly can, or certainly not complete repetitions. So that's the first problem I see. And I would love to encourage each of you to create a 30-day challenge for yourself. I actually just wrote this, and maybe I'll make it the top of the next podcast. What would be, what would my life look like if I, had, if I made the next 30 days the best 30 days of my life? And why not live every day like that or every month like that, right? So I wrote down a list of things that I'm going to do. And I would suggest for you at home, you add this to your list. This is on my list every day, right? Why not? If I'm in the gym, if I'm walking, if I'm riding my bicycle, if I'm meditating, if I'm doing anything, why wouldn't I be present, right? Why wouldn't I? Because it's hard, right? If, you have, if you're one of these people who say, quote unquote, I can't meditate, right? I can't, therefore I must. And this is the same thing in, in training. If I can't focus, if I can't bring my attention into this moment, what do you expect of your progress? Do you expect it to be good? Good luck, right? It's going to be mediocre at best, certainly not uh, highly effective. And if you're someone who 
values effectiveness in your life and values efficiency of time, what the hell are you doing, right? Start, invest some time, right? 30 days to depth. And here's how I suggest you do it. Cut the workout volume in half, put a time constraint on your workout. And so I want to work as hard as I possibly can within this time constraint. And now the first couple of days and weeks, it's going to feel like you didn't do a lot because your depth of attention is poor. But the better you get at it, the more you can become present in every single repetition and realize that you only get this one opportunity today to make yourself better to challenge this muscle, you become better. So my suggestion is you pick one exercise per body part. I was actually just talking to one of my clients about this. One exercise per body part that you feel like you have a very high degree of competency and capability at. And now, and, and how do I know if I have a high degree of competency and capability? One, you can access the whole range of motion. Two, it feels relatively comfortable, relatively stable. There's not a lot of extraneous movement happening. Uh, and three, you, you can contract muscles at all aspects of the range. And this is the this is therefore the missing link, right? Just because I can move through a range doesn't necessarily mean I'm contracting at all points of the range. And realize you evolved to make shit easy, not hard. So when you're training mindlessly, your body's going to make it easy. And so we say, well, no, I'm going to make it hard. And so as a man, your objective, and, and sorry, women, you too, <laughs> um, your objective is become present. And I'll be honest, I, I'll say I often train like a woman. And, and the reality is women are so much more intentional, so much more present. I don't know why that is. I don't know why women tend to have way better ability to be present in their training, but they do. I think men just come in with these big egos and they want to they you know, track weights on the bar. Men are maybe more externally focused. Like, oh, I want to win, right? I'm, our culture is a culture of winning. I got to lift more weight than that guy. I got to lift more reps than that guy. People used to say, hey, man, well, how much do you bench? That's a matter of Chest is way bigger than yours. End of the day. So your first opportunities become more present, become intentional, start challenging muscles. Those are your biggest opportunities that exist right now in your workouts. I've got a long list of things here that I think will be useful for you to pay attention to. So, you know, people are often like, well, you know, how many, how many sets and how many reps? And answer, you've heard me say it before, it doesn't matter if they all suck, right? So let's start with a foundation of let's qualify before we quantify. That's a really good foundation for you. And so qualification of reps, start with really three things, maybe even two things that we could simplify to. Do you have the mobility and stability to access the position? So mobility itself to access the position, the stability to stay in the position, right? And so st training stability, while, isn't, while isn't, it isn't a part of a lot of people's programs, absolutely should be. It absolutely should be. Why is it not, right? Why is it not part of somebody's training program? Well, start. And all that simply means is go into positions of weakness and stay there, right? The reason I took an attachment to, to yoga was because of that. It puts me in these obscure positions that are completely ridiculous for a guy as big as myself, at least at the time. And I was like, hey, stay in this position and calm yourself down. So not only do you have to relax your body, you have to relax your mind. And so if you're not someone who takes up yoga class, start, take one a week, learn how to relax, learn to breathe in incredibly obscure and uncomfortable positions. So accessing end range positions and learning to become strong and comfortable there. Second opportunity, improve contractions. How do I know if I'm improving contractions? You'll know. If you don't know, it's because you're not present. If you can't feel a muscle contracting at every single centimeter, every single inch of every single rep, you're doing it wrong bottom line. 
And there's so many exercises that I see people doing in the gym that are somewhere between ineffective and useless because they just don't consider, they watch somebody else do like, oh, that feels good, but they don't consider where it feels good or how how much of it am I feeling? There's so many examples of this. And and actually, sometimes this is this is confusing for people, but sometimes how it feels isn't actually a good indication of how effective it is. A really good example, and I don't even know what the exercise is called. There's a chest exercise where people put like a single dumbbell above their chest and they use both their hands to press it, or a single plate above their chest and they use both hands to press it. By far the single most useless chest exercise that's ever been used in the gym, yet everyone seems to use it because they don't understand uh, forces. And so if you want to understand exercise in the simplest way, if you just whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to it on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or wherever, um, if you just picture my body or your body in space right now and just you're standing there, sitting there, existing, and someone comes along from your left side and pushes on your, your left shoulder and, and you don't allow them to push you, so you resist a little bit. And so your entire left side of your body contracts and it stabilizes. All that's happened is external forces start acting on your body. Right, someone comes along from the right side and pushes back. Your right side of your body contracts a little bit and try to hold them in place. Maybe you you anchor into the floor a little bit more with your left leg because you have to push back against the person pushing on the right side. And we start realizing, okay, well, when someone, some outside force acts upon my body, I have to start generating internal stability or internal force production to shove back against it. And if those two forces are equal, meaning I don't move. So someone's pushing into me with 20 pounds of force, I have to push back to them into them with 20 pounds of force. If those forces are equal, I won't move. If I overcome them, that means I'm using more than 20 pounds of force. If they overcome me, that means they're using more force against me than I'm using against them. So if I have a 20 pound weight in my hand, say I'm doing a bicep curl or a ladder race, for me to move a 20 pound weight, I have to generate more than 20 pounds of force through that weight in order to overcome it or or to beat it. And the reality is that that force is not always 20 pounds. It's only 20 pounds when it's not moving. As you can imagine, as soon as it starts moving, if if I'm moving it in a certain direction and I'm moving with it, it's actually less than 20 pounds because I'm overcoming it. And therefore, my my body's ability to, to move it has exceeded it, created some inertia, and how that thing actually weighs less than 20 pounds. Now, here's the catch. When it starts coming back down in the direction, if it's accelerating, it's actually more than 20 pounds because it's overcoming me now. So concentrically, I'm, I'm doing more than 20 pounds of work. Eccentrically, I'm doing less than 20 pounds of work. It's important to think about that. How does that make sense to you, right? So we're overcoming it. We're using a little bit more time and work. And eccentrically, we're doing less work. And so the goal of exercise is to do the greatest amount of work. And some people use the equation force is mass times acceleration, but it's not accurate in the human body. Why is it not accurate in the human body? Because the human body is not a straight line. Nothing in the body works in a straight line. It always works around an axis. Joints are axes of rotation. Therefore, we have to add this consideration of distance. Nobody considers distance. There's distance, there's angle of applied force. There's other things that are ultimately implicated in how much tension is going through the muscle, or in this case, the joint. So we have, to, we have to be aware of that. And guys, I know this is kind of getting off track, but I want you to be considerate of all you're trying to do is maximize two things, maximum tension 
variable time. That's exercise, right? I want to maximize the amount of tension that's being put through a muscle, maximize my ability to resist or overcome that tension, and then I want to vary the time, right? I don't want to have 30 minutes of time consistently, right? I want to have maybe bouts of 10 seconds, bouts of 30 seconds, bouts of 60 seconds. Those are variable times that ultimately stimulate the muscle in different ways. They stimulate different types of muscle fibers, different energy systems. So those energy systems and muscle fibers become more effective. They become trained and they adapt. So if I'm doing everything that's a single rep, that's a very different stimulus to my body than sets of eight to 10. And so those are trained with different muscle fibers, different energy systems, the nervous system in maybe a different way. All those things require different adaptations. So how then do I consider writing a workout? Well, the answer is you should probably include all of them, right? If you want to become strong, get strong, train heavier weights. If you want to become muscular, become muscular, train with mid ranges and maybe slightly less rest periods, right? So we have to build all of these things into an effective program. Guys, you're not doing it, right? And here's the thing, it shouldn't always be the same. Definitely not always the same, right? This is the mistake many people make is they're always doing the same program and then their only option, their only opportunity for progress is effort. If your only opportunity for effort, or only, only opportunity for progress is effort, you're fucked. Because guess what? At some point, you're not going to have the energy to, to exert the effort. Guess what? At some point, you're not going to be able to keep going more and more effort. You got to learn to manipulate the variables. Anyways, coming back to this, you've got a huge list of things here that I want to share. Um, let's talk about some mistakes that guys are making, because I think these are relevant. I, I don't want it to feel like I'm talking down, but I want you to become aware. And you go, yeah, that's me. I make that mistake. Don't do it. So the first one is you're not mobile enough to get into an exercise and you do it anyways. That's a big mistake. And squatting is the best example. 90% of people I see in the gym can't squat. Some of them do it exceptionally well. Like some people, I'm like, man, you're really good at this. Like some people are doing you know, front squats and then their spine is straight and their back doesn't round and their you know, ass to ankles and their form is spectacular. And if they're not there, if you're not there, Adding more weight to a bar when your squat sucks is not a good idea. You are literally driving yourself in the direction of injuries. Stop. Only train the, ra the ranges that you can control for now while you build the other aspects of the range as well separately. We don't want to learn how to build range with 200 pounds or even 100 pounds on our spine. Not a good idea. So you, if you simply don't have the range, start training mobility. Mobility isn't just stretching. Let's say that mobility is a lot more than stretching. It's all it's mobilization, creating fluidity, and then creating stability. Right? Fluidity is not the same as stretching. Stretching feels great. It's awesome. May or may not work. Some of the mistakes people are making, guys. And this sounds like I'm I'm almost being uh, condescending, but for fuck's sake, stop talking to each other. It's not social hour. If you're lonely, ask someone for coffee, or go off for a steak. Fucking train. And it's so frustrating to watch people in the gym who are taking over the equipment and training like shit and talking to each other. It's not social hour. And if, you, if you're missing a social aspect in your life, I get it. I say, hey man, give me a number, let's hang out later. Train. Even if it's 30 minutes, 20 minutes, actually go in there and do some work. And, and again, if you just did this, improve your mobility, did 20 minutes of effortful work, you're going to do really, really well. So the way I break down workouts is I try to to a lot for about 90 minutes. That's a long time for a lot of people. I get it. You got work, you got kids, you got shit to do. I get it. But my allotment is about 30 minutes for mobility, cardio, and warm-up. And then 45 to 60 minutes for training. 
And so 45 can be enough. And so the thing by the end of this 30 minutes of, of mobility cardio warm-up, I need to be 10 out of 10 ready to go. Not 6 out of 10, not 3 out of 10, not even 8 out of 10. I need to be 10 out of 10 ready to go, meaning my heart rate is up, my body's warm, my body's ready to go. And I need to find out all the exercises, mobility and stretches and, and, and cardio to make sure that I get there. So you give yourself some specific preordained amount of time and say, by the end of this, your objective is I need to move well, I need to be mentally ready, to be physically ready. And if you do that, now the time when you're actually going to train is going to be so much more effective. You can get a ton done in 30 minutes. But spend that time in the beginning training your body to be more effective. Here's the thing. The better you get at it, the less that time can become. Every one of my clients right now has some example of dynamic mobility, passive stretching, cardio, uh, core strength, that's going to ultimately make them get to a 10 out of 10 by the time it's time to start your workout. Guys, if you just do that, you're going to change. And there's one thing I didn't say that I should say to that is breath work. For me personally, I'll add in some semblance of breath work into every pre-workout. Even if it's just me sitting in the car before I go in, I'll actually use this breathing device that, that creates some resisted breathing. It's a really effective way for me personally to get amplified, to get to get uh, sympathetically aroused or really get my nervous system fired up. All right, another mistake you guys are making that I hope you're, you stop is stop training like you're 20. You're not in high school anymore. It's not a bench press competition. And just because you want your pecs to get bigger doesn't mean you should bench press. I'd say bench press for most people is not an effective exercise. I think it's a good uh, objective. I think it's a good standard, and I'll talk about that next. But I don't think it's necessarily the best exercise for building chest. I think it's the one people must be heard on. Um, however, so talking about the standards, here's maybe the single greatest thing you can do. If you realize your progress in, let's say we're transforming your body as you go, your progress is governed by two primary things. You floor, but two ones that I want to talk about today. Your physical capability and your metabolic capability govern your ability to get in shape. What's physical capability? Well, if a professional athlete comes to me and says, Ben, I want to get in shape, I want to build muscle, and lose fat, what do I say? No problem. You're very physically capable, provided you're not injured. Someone who's a couch potato comes to me and says, Ben, I want to get in shape, I want to lose fat. Who's going to do it faster? Clearly the athlete, but not because he is an athlete, not because he's got better genetics, because he's got a higher degree of physical capability. Someone comes to me as a couch potato, they can't even touch their toes. I'm like, man, we're very limited with the exercises that we can apply and actually apply effortfully. Right? So the goal then with this person is not to go, okay, man, we're going to crush you. We're going to lose all the weight right now. I'm like, no. Your first target for the first 30, 60, 90 days, you just need to improve your physical capability. And so then what are some, some standards of physical capability? Well, the way I approach it is somewhere between eight and 10 exercises in total. Not only the ones that I do, I do more than that sometimes, but those are my standards. So I'll set a standard and I'll say, hey, based on these eight to 10 exercises, which is really one per body part, I want to understand how well you do these. And our goal is to get you to a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 5 at, at, at executing this exercise. Why does that matter? Because unconscious competence is a very powerful place to transform your body, which means if you can do a high impact exercise, I'm not talking about machine preacher curls or, or even leg extensions, although they're not a bad exercise. Um, I'm talking about an exercise with a high degree of, of challenge and a high degree of physical capability or physical competency, um, and ultimately something you can do unconsciously so that you can shift your focus from form to now effort. And once you start getting to that place, you start to transform your body. So I understand the appeal of going in the gym and being effortful. I get it. And you should be effortful, but you shouldn't do it in a misguided way. You have to be guiding your training 
intentionally at things you're highly capable of, right? So the effortful aspects of your workouts are guided toward things that you're highly capable of, which obviously then leads to go, well, I do the same workout all the time. Yes. And you also need to be doing the exercises that are less, you're currently less physically capable to build your physical capability in those areas. So they actually take up a greater percentage of your time oftentimes. So as an example, if we have 100% of our time, let's say in the, in, you know, in the beginning for someone who has a low degree of physical capability, 80% of that may go toward building their physical capability. 20% of it goes to what I call output, effort, right? So we have 80% going to skill acquisition, 20% going to output or, or effort. And then eventually like, oh, guess what? You're now better at these this 80%. So now let's make it 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, 50. Eventually, someone who's very highly physically capable, maybe they're doing 10% skill acquisition, 90% output, or even 100% output. Like when I'm getting ready for a contest, there's no more consideration around skill acquisition for the last four months. I don't give a shit if I get better at my exercises. I'm thinking about maximizing muscle building. But because of the foundation I had laid for the previous months, my degree of physical capability, my ability to execute these primary exercises is tremendous, right? It's spectacular. So now when I actually go to do them, I'm putting so much force through my body, so much load, muscle or weight through the body that my body responds quickly, right? So start looking for those high impact exercises for yourself that ultimately allow you to have the greatest amount of bang for your buck with every single inch of every single rep, not just every rep and set, but get into the minutia. Can I own and contract and, and really, really make the most of every centimeter, even every inch, every, every rep? And, and I'll tell you what, guys, the degree of presence that that requires and skill and practice is tremendous. And if you become great at it, which should be your goal, your ability to build muscle for the rest of your life will completely change. And so if you have a body part right now that's suffering or maybe isn't strong or even say it's weak or you know, you're not developing really well, spend three months, even six weeks or less, depending on how fast you learn, learning how to master the basics, master the simple stuff. And if you master the simple, high effective exercises, right, for that body part, you're going to grow so much faster, but not just right now for the rest of your life. Isn't this an interesting parallel that we see between people who take on a diet and go, oh, Ben, I want to lose as much weight as I can in 12 weeks. Well, what happens at the end of that 12 weeks? They go back to where they were. Same thing in this, right? Training is the same. If, if I say, Ben, I want the best 12-week bicep workout I've ever done. Okay, man, I could crush your soul to the point you won't be able to brush your teeth. But as soon as that workout is over, you know, that 12-week phrase is over, have you actually learned anything? Have you actually improved your skill? If you haven't, then you're going to go back to the same crappy results you had before. And this feels like so many people we see in the gym year in, year out, doesn't it? It's the people who say, oh, you know, I really want, I'm going to push hard for the summer and I'm going to get lean and then balloon back up. They get lean and they look a little bit better and then they balloon back up. And they never make progress, right? You see these people have gone to the gym for five years in a row or more and look exactly the same, which is horrible. I hope that's not your reality. And so let's let's shift toward, hey, man, I want to be highly capable in these things so that when I continue to train for the rest of my life, I'm actually getting more effectiveness out of my training. Another point here that should be driven home is most guys, if they're asked how their form is, will say it's pretty good. Because I just want to be real with you. Form's not pretty good. It's probably pretty terrible. 
And sometimes being real with yourself is the path out or the path forward. Like, unless unless you're an anomaly, your form's probably, I mean, some guys are anomalies, no question. But most people, their form's pretty bad. So let's let's focus on like, what can I do to make it better? And I call being injured a dumb tax, right? You just made a mistake. You're, you're training in a place that's ineffective and uh, not controlling your stuff. So think about that. Think deeply. Learn to create maximum tension. Now, here's the thing. At all aspects of the range, especially where you're weak, especially where it's hard. And if you simply do that, I feel like I repeat this stuff often, but if you just do that, your progress is going to change. Your ability to build muscle is going to change. So stop avoiding things you don't like. Start moving toward them. Start getting better at the basics and build habits. And your confidence will come through the increased capability, won't it? There's a few, I have a ton of things here. I'm kind of skipping over some stuff. All right, this is an important one that hopefully we'll take something from. You are the standard to which you hold yourself in everything in life. If your finances aren't where you want it to be, if your body isn't where you want it to be, if your relationship isn't where you want it to be, you are the problem. Your standards are the problem. And so whoever you're comparing yourself to, whether it be someone you know, someone out there in the ether, or previous version of yourself, your standard is not high enough. You simply need to change. Now, if you look at look at the people who have the best physiques in the world, and you say, well, what is their physical standard? And then, then excuses start to creep in. I don't have the time, man. Yes, you do. You cannot not have the time. If you're someone who wants to live a great life, you have the time. And chances are, if you listen to this podcast, you're already someone who's training every day consistently. So the goal then is like, however much time you're going to commit, it needs to be increasing the effectiveness. Effectiveness is standards. So you need to say to yourself, what standard do I have in these eight to 10 exercises, one per body part currently, right? And those eight to 10 exercises, as I said, are just the ones you do really, really well. Should be high impact, right? As an example for me, like hack squats was that example. And I want to constantly be pushing that standard. Those, the, the standard never goes backwards, never goes backwards. And so the way you look physically becomes an expression of how hard you perform, how hard you train in the exercises you're very highly capable at, right? And it's, it's a relatively simple process, but you got to master the foundation first. You got to master the basics. So stop rationalizing to yourself why, ah, oh, I don't look so bad compared to how I used to look, or, ah, oh, I'm not, you know, that's just, I hear you guys using these softeners now. Like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, it's bad. It sucks. It's terrible. Stop. All right. So giving you some more actionables here for your training. The number one foundation that I would like you to think about in training is posture and structural balance. So when I select exercises for myself, for my clients, for whomever, the first lens through which I make decisions is, well, the first lens to which you make decisions is, what can we do to allow them to work hard? So we're looking for those exercises you do with a high degree of competency. The second one is, how do I balance out your structure so that you can do all of these exercises more effectively? So exercise selection and sets and reps and volume are determined by this. So if you have some deficiencies in your body or, or things that are pulling you out of structural alignment, maybe you're, you know, you're rotated, maybe you're Postures off, whatever. I'm going to choose exercises specific to your mechanics that allow you to move closer and closer toward structural balance, which 
I'll explain what that is. If you're standing up, your body's in alignment. Your body, your ear, your shoulder, your hip, your knee, and your ankle are vertically aligned. And ultimately, if you remove your skin and your muscles, your skeleton would stand there at attention and wouldn't fall over. Obviously, it would fall over, but it should be stacked through itself. That's structural balance. As you start to lunge forward, slouch forward, lose your body, rotate a little bit, all these things are moving you away from quote-unquote structural balance and ultimately moving you closer and closer toward dysfunction. Dysfunction is a problem. We want to avoid dysfunction. Dysfunction causes injuries, causes long-term problems, muscle tears, etc. We want to avoid those things. So when you're making selections or uh, selecting exercises, be conscious of, well, yes, I know I want to do these eight things. I need to be able to do them well. So what exercises will contribute to me doing them more effectively? And it is just an arbitrary number, could be 10, could be whatever. I use the big 10, the big eight. Um, and what exercises will make me more effective at this? So how then do you know what exercise will make you more effective at, let's say, a bench press? Well, come way back to the beginning of this conversation today when I said presence. And like, could you feel your butt against the chair, your feet against the floor? Can you feel the air and the wind coming through your nose as you breathe? Can you feel the tension in your jaw or in, the, in your throat? Feel all those. And so... If you're highly present, all of those are easy. If you have a low degree of presence, then all of those are probably hard. And so when you're training a bench press, for example, there's a whole bunch of interoceptive information coming in, information inside of your body, where there's tension, where there's absence of tension, what kind of hurts. And the only one you probably pay attention to is the one that either really hurts or feels really good. The really loud noise in the room, so to speak. And so what you want to learn is to start paying attention to the whispers as well. We want to learn to spread our presence and our awareness so we can feel everything. Here's why. You'll start to identify the weak link in the chain. As a coach, I can see the weak link in the chain. As an athlete, you need to feel the weak link in the chain. That's how you get better. Why? Because then I can remove the weak link in the chain, train it in isolation, and then reintegrate it back into the system. That's how we become more effective at exercise. So if people say, well, Ben, what exercise is the best for me to do bench press or to get better at bench press? I have no idea, unless I walk, watch you move. I have no idea. I can make a very educated guess. Eh, it's probably this, right? And, and you know, eight times out of 10, I'll be right. But it's not 100% accurate. And so what's the best exercise you can do for chest? Answer, upper back exercises. What? Yes. Why? Because your upper back is the thing holding you back from building your chest. What? Yes. Uh, true. So think through presence. Think through, can I become more aware of what's happening in this exercise? So if something hurts, if you're doing any exercise and something hurts, instead of just not doing it, drop the weight bit right down. Don't use any weight. Go through the motion and determine when it starts to hurt, where it starts to hurt, what exactly you're doing wrong that's causing it to hurt. Injuries don't happen by accident. They happen when you're doing dumb shit. So pay attention. Dumb shit could just mean like you're going outside of the range you can control. Stop it. Stop it. All right, so we talked about posture. We talked about your pre-workout routine. So in summary, if your goal is, is transforming your body, you have two primary objectives, your physical capability and your metabolic capability. 
That's it, right? There's two additional ones that I have, that I mentioned I would tell you about. I've done a podcast on this in the past. It's physiological capability and psychological capability. Those things will absolutely implicate it and affect your ability to get results. But then you start going, well, how do I measure this physical capability and this metabolic capability? Well, there, there's a definitely objective and subjective things that measure these things, which I will reveal to you in the future. I've actually got a human optimization scorecard that we built out based on these four areas uh, to see how ultimately optimized you are. The higher you score, the more likely you are to transform faster. And so it gives us an objective way to move toward our level of physical capability and our metabolic capability and guess and not guess and measure. So it's just wonderful. Right, gents. How was that? A little, little bit useful. So whilst we focus on intensity, effort, and I think those are incredibly important. The reason most people aren't building the muscle is two things. It's not intensity. Intensity is one of them, but it's not even on the list. Two primary reasons are, one, you're inconsistent. You don't show up. Two, you, you, the way you do things is very poor. And so the opportunity that Muscle Intelligence provides for you is this new program we're launching called Base One, which is walking through exactly understanding physical capability, exactly understanding metabolic capability, and helping you build these basic eight-to-ten exercises. Because if someone had simplified it this much for me in the beginning, I would be so grateful. Here's why. Uh, if you're doing these eight-to-ten exercises and you've become very capable of them, the reason I've chosen these eight-to-ten is because they have a huge degree of transferability Meaning if I can squat really, really well and lunge really, really well, I have a very high degree of belief that you're also going to be very good at hack squat, leg press, leg extensions, et cetera. Leg curls, you'll be good at all of it. Bulgarian split squats, you're going to master those. So if you can master just two basics that have a huge degree of transfer, congratulations, your degree of competency goes way up. Your ability to get results is exponentially higher. Yay, you. Way to go. All right, so a few things that I want to wrap with. Some of the things I see guys doing that's worth mentioning. If something is burning, meaning like you're training and you get lactate, it's it's just the the rate of energy production has exceeded your ability to get oxygen into your cells. So move through it, keep going, don't stop. It's your body getting stronger, your body getting better producing energy. Another thing I want you to realize. When you're training, muscles move bones. So find two ends of a muscle. One end stays stable, the other end pulls closer and then stretches further apart. Think joint by joint. When I look at you train, you look at the big picture, you look at the exercise moving from point A to point B. I look joint by joint, muscle by muscle. And if you can start to look at the body in a slightly more acute way, meaning at the, the way the joints move, the way the muscles move, your ability to understand how things work will exponentially get greater. Now, there's one final point I want to make before we wrap today's podcast. Training is minimally useful if your recovery capacity is low. So be super aware of how you're training and consistency is key. If you can be consistent, you can predict how much damage, stress you've done to your body and therefore match the recovery capabilities to that. The adaptive capacity has to match the training intensity. If it doesn't, you're going to start exceeding your ability to respond and adapt and ultimately not making progress. So, bad idea. Um, 
I love talking about training. And if you love talking about training, I would love to have you join our community on Facebook. Currently, we're looking for some new platforms to introduce. We've actually an app being built for Muscle Intelligence. The app will include this incredible new phase one program we've been working on for way too long. Uh, a really simple version of how to help you get good at the big eight. Uh, a really simple version of how to help you get good at metabolic capability. And uh, that's phase one. That's a program that'll be launching really soon that I'm super pumped about. Our intention is to get every man over 40 into that program and just support you in understanding how to build your best body with the least amount of time, effort, and sacrifice, right? Do you already invest time? Yes. Effort? Yes. Sacrifice? Yes. Why not make the most of it? Right? Let's squeeze the most out of that lemon so we can get the most of our time. I certainly don't want to spend six hours in the gym anymore. Been there, done that. Not my game anymore. Right, effectiveness is the game. Keeping the body functioning optimally is the game. Building some margin into your life is the game. If my goal is to go squat 315 pounds when I'm 70, well, then I need to make sure that I can do more than that now. Because if I get injured or I have a couple weeks off, I'm not going to be able to do 315 when I come back. So I want to build margin in there, and I should do. So create a standard for yourself in each of these eight exercises, which I'll reveal to you in the future, and keep the highest standard for yourself. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, thanks for being here. If you're not already part of the Muscle Intelligence community, head over to Facebook right now, search Muscle Intelligence, and join our community. Uh, if you've already purchased one of our programs, we've actually been offering a um, bonus to anyone who's been a customer in the past. Um, we're going to give you guys either a free program or a free month of coaching. Try it out. And we want you to try our most recent programs because we are programs probably better than anyone else in the world, certainly anyone that I know. There's probably some people out there who are super highly capable, but they may not be in the hypertrophy space. Uh, we love to support men and serve women in building muscle. Uh, we focus on men because women have different considerations. And so women, I never mean to exclude you. Exclude you. I love you guys too, uh, but there's so much to know about female physiology. I simply don't. So I'm not going to claim to be anywhere near an expert in that stuff. Um, just give me my best to focus on uh, helping as many men as I can. And, and transparently, the reason I want to help you guys is I want you to be the best dad you can be. I want you to be the best entrepreneur you can be. I want you to be the best person and man you can be because we make the world a better place. And, and for me, the absence of a great male role model when I was young uh, caused some suffering, caused some fear, caused some lack of direction. I think, as you know, Lack of direction is rampant in our culture and uncertainty and, and people are just so confused. And to me, it's an absence of, of a strong masculine figure. So a big part of our mission here at Muscle Intelligence is to is simply empower men to be men again. And what that means is confidence. Uh, that means integrity. That means clarity and uh, ultimately purpose. And so I hope to help you find your, your purpose and your clarity and confidence to be you and show up for what's best for you. Um, Jens, thanks for being here. Um, thank you again to our sponsors for the podcast. We've got an incredible list of uh, sponsors for this podcast that you guys can find over at muscleintelligence.com slash podcast. Um, we're very loyal sponsors to our incredible podcast, which we've been doing, but now, by the way, for 10 years. I'm very blessed to interview some of the greatest people in the world and continue to teach thousands and thousands of people around the world. We've actually shifted into uh, releasing our certification now for Muscle Intelligence, which is super fun. Um, we're doing it certainly uh, all around Canada, certainly all around Australia, coming up pretty soon. So if you're interested in joining that, you can head over to Muscle Intelligence um, and check out what we've got to offer there. It might be, or sites under 
build right now. So maybe hard to navigate, but eventually we'll have it all stuff on the right place. Uh, worst case, you can email me personally at ben at muscle intelligence. If you have any questions, if you want to apply to work with us, if you want to uh, be coached, if you certainly want to join our certification, or you just want to be part of the community, head into the Facebook group and love to see you there. Gentlemen, love you. Appreciate you. I'll make the world a fucking better place. Be a good human. Live with integrity. Go fucking crush it. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.